and welcome to the Built on Air podcast. Built on Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. Today, our host Zoe will be speaking with Camille Parks. Camille, from Los Angeles, California, works as an urban planner at Gruen Associates, an architecture firm, and teaches weekend classes at USC to teach students about tools of technology, like Airtable. Camille also uses Airtable to bridge the gap between her personal and professional life, as she demonstrates in this episode by sharing a meal planning base she designed. The base allows her to be prepared to enter the working professional life by lending her the ability to filter through meal options based on ingredients and types of food, and generating a shopping list, even taking into account what she already has in the pantry. She may be sharing this base in the Airtable universe in the future, so keep an eye out for that. Hey Camille, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today on Built on Air. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do um, all the way on the, the opposite side of the U.S. from me in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm an urban planner at Gruen Associates, which is a planning and architecture, landscape architecture firm. Um, we're based on basically the west side of Los Angeles, and we do a lot of projects across L.A. County. Um, our sort of historical foundation in terms of planning is our founder, Victor Gruen, invented the modern mall, which I always think is a, a nice little tidbit of information. Awesome. Um, so we do projects like that sort of historically, and we do a lot of transportation planning, sort of we work with Metro a lot and with their joint development program and things like that. So those are kind of projects I'm working on right now. Very cool. Um, what is a project that you recently completed that you're like pretty excited about? Or, or by the time that you're done, are you like, I'm over it, like <laughs> next one? <laughs> well, I am new. So I've been there about a year. My one year anniversary was yesterday. So thank you. Um, and with the nature of planning, these projects last for years. So I actually started in the middle of a couple of other projects. And um, some projects are, are ongoing because we have such a good relationship with our clients. They wanna keep us on for a long time. So what we'll do is we'll sort of update the project as it goes along. So I don't know if I've seen the official end of a project yet, but I love the things that we're working on. So we, started round two of a project that we're working with um, SCAG, which is the Southern California Association of Governments. They have this program where they'll get a bunch of different cities together that have a transit stop in their city and they want some help with how to plan the area around it, see if they can increase density, improve circulation, those kinds of things. And we've started round two recently meaning we get to work with new cities. So that's really exciting. So I get to see the process start from scratch because when I joined, we were already, I would say halfway through. And mm -hmm. so it was me kind of jumping in and 
it, that was challenging, but it was fun. So. Right. Yeah. Taking a little bit of time to get your bearings. Um, that's really cool that you work with a lot of like public transportation because you, you always hear about how in LA, like they're always trying to get, you know, better metros and stuff going, but you know, everyone's so car focused. So, um, yep. does, uh, Groon kind of have like a bit of a sustainability or like, I mean, obviously urban planning, right? In a city that's notorious for being polluted, you probably do kind of have to think about mm-hmm. like sustainability and, uh, you know, what's like, right, good and not good for the environment and stuff like that. So yeah. what I'm curious about your sort of day to day, like what, mm-hmm. you know, you have these projects that are going on for, like you said, years, right? Or multiple rounds. So when you come in, what is a, a typical day at work like for you? Well, every day is different <laughs> because we have so many projects that are going on at once. It's a lot of prioritization. Uh, we we're always sending back drafts to our clients, making sure we're on the right track and that we're all on the same page. We don't work in a silo. So we have, um, we're usually on a team of other firms. So we're usually the urban designers and we'll have maybe a transportation firm that's working with us and they'll help with that sort of area of project. We have an in-house landscape architecture department. So while I'm in the planning department, we'll be going back and forth with them to discuss uh, sort of the public facing, if there's, um, if there's an open lawn, if we wanted to have more on the ground treatments to help with like the pedestrian experience, we'll be working back and forth with them a lot. And so it really depends on what portion of the project we're working on that day and then what project we're working on that day. If something's out for review for our client, we don't want to touch it until we have their okay. So it's a lot of one day I might be working on one project and the next day I'll be working on something completely different. So, um, and the other issue is a lot of my projects are actually confidential, so I can only describe them in vague terms. Right. Well, that's good. I like the mystery, right? We can imagine, you know, in maybe, you know, two to five years, right? I'll be visiting LA and, and be walking through some, uh, you know, uh, Camille projects and not even know it. Um, cool. That's the dream. So how did you even kind of get into this industry? Was it always something you wanted to do? Well, I, I guess in the back of my mind, yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure any planner will tell you they grew up playing SimCity. <laughs> Um, I didn't really know it was a profession until undergrad. So I think I'm the second podcast guest who is an alumni of the urban studies program at at UC Irvine. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Alex, right. I think maybe was our other grad. I would have to. I think so. Yeah. But, um, I was admitted, um, to UC Irvine as I think a computer science major and I remember the first day of orientation and me like sitting down and listening to it and going this is not for me I it took maybe two hours to make that decision and so for the whole first year I didn't have a major and I just took a random writing class to fill my GE you know credit for it and the book our class was based on was basically about urban planning And I was like, man, I really wish this was a major. It's so cool. And what do you know? It was a major. So 
I switched and then I became um, an urban studies major and I graduated from there in 2015. Um, I took a year off and then I went to USC for my master's in urban planning. Awesome. So master's in urban planning, what projects did you work on there? What was your thesis? Mm-hmm. Well, we our program is a little bit different. Um, there are a lot of master's programs that have a thesis uh, sort of component for your final year. For USC, you know, every every program is going to have studios, which are a semester-long project-based um, class, but the last six days of your master's program are um, everyone gets the same project at the same time, and you have six days to design something, and based on what your concentration is, you have to answer certain questions. So if you're a transportation focus, they're going to ask you to do um, an analysis of the intersections in the area, maybe, and then they'll ask you, how can you improve the circulation? If you're a sustainability focus, you might be asked different questions about sustainability. I was urban design, which means I had to do a site plan and some sections for um the project. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say what it is, even though it's been a year and they never do the same project twice. So it's a lot of being confidential. That's the one thing it doesn't, it's not annoying and I completely get it, but it is the one thing you always have to be careful with. And once you're a a private sector planner like myself, you really have to be like, is that public knowledge? (laughs) Can I say that out loud? Right. Yeah. No, you do a great job though of sort of like giving a little bit of detail so you get the essence without, you know, giving it away anything important. Um, But that is, that is like such an interesting sort of concept, right? Where you're like, I create these things that, you know, thousands of people are going to use, like they're sort of this permanent Uh city and then it's all, you know, just secret, right? Um, Yeah. Very like kind of cool, um, I don't know, like weirdly like spiritual in a way or something, right? Where you just like know that you have this like secret involvement in um, these places that people are going to mm-hmm. use for such a long time. It's it's a lot of what we, we love doing uh, public outreach and it's a major component in all of our projects. And we really try and get everyone sort of involved and engaged in the types of projects we're doing. Because if the community isn't involved, then the project's going to fail. So, and we're doing it for the community. Uh, we're not just planning for no reason. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the early stages of a project, you want to make sure you have like a concrete plan going, and you don't want to, you know, publish misinformation because then it, some people are confused, and then they might react negatively to something that we weren't planning on doing anyway. So. I think that's kind of the the impetus for that. Right. Yeah. Kind of just keep it under wraps until you know for sure what's going on. Um, So you also, um, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned you do, uh, you're a part-time weekend boot camp instructor at USC. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that and what Mm -hmm. that is like. Well, um, so this program was, in effect, before I um, before I started my master's there, they have um, many different topics that are covered. But usually, it's a couple days on the weekend for master's students, um, and they'll have things on GIS. They'll have things on Photoshop and Illustrator and SketchUp, 
And a lot of these individual programs that a planner will use in their day-to-day that the master's program may not have the time to teach in a classroom setting along with, you know, the course material. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll, um, they'll hire in people to come in on the weekends and have like a quick couple days to teach the, the program in a, in a very kind of fast paced um, environment. And so I'm, I'm not entirely sure how I ended up <laughs> in this position, but I, I graduated last year and then this, and then that was May of last year, 2018. And then I taught the boot camps for Photoshop, Illustrator, SketchUp, and InDesign in this past spring semester and then the fall semester before that. So um, it was kind of like, yay, I graduated. I'm, I'm done. I don't, I'm, I'm done with school. This is it. And then like, I'm back at school, but in a different setting. And it was, right. And on that the was an interesting experience. <laughs> too yeah Yeah. you're like great I don't have to see this place again then you're like okay now I'm coming in on my weekend nope still cute that's cool do you um I love it so what did you kind of uh so you said you've been doing it right for for sort of like two semesters or two rounds so how Mm -hmm. has you know having like a little bit of time to kind of uh you know, be a teacher and, and learn how to best teach those programs in this sort of like weird, you know, weekend fast paced environment? Like what have you kind of learned mm-hmm. any tips and tricks for, for teaching people these, you know, pretty advanced applications mm-hmm. while also, you know, getting everything they need to know in, in such a small amount of time? Well, I, I started to think through it a little bit more the second time. So spring semester, after I had done a couple, um, I realized that like cooking shows have like, they've got it down. So the whole, they, they put something in the oven and then they turn around and then they have the finished product just there already because they had done it before. Um, that's what I'm trying to move forward with. So um, having one defined project that, we're going to be working through and then having it kind of up and so they can see it on the screen as well. So while I'm walking them through the steps, they can see what the end goal is at the same time. So, you know, I'm getting better. Uh, It's, it was, it was easy for me, I think, because a lot of the people who are attending the sessions, I had had class with them because it had only been a year. So most of them were like my friends. So that kind of helped me ease in. I didn't have to feel like um, super serious or anything. And it helped me calm down a little bit. And now that I've kind of had that first year under my belt, if they're willing to have me back, I think I'll be a lot more methodical about it. Um, I said earlier, I had a base I put together specifically for this purpose. <laughs> That's become a running theme in my life. I'll just, I'll just make a base for it, sure. Airtable. <laughs> so yeah. Airtable for everything. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you found Airtable and then how you, you know, start. I feel like, you know, a lot of people who use it, right, get in that. They're like, I can just use this for pretty much anything, right? It's like the the sort of default, like, where do I put this thing? So how did you find it? And then how did you, you know, realize it would be a good fit for your your classes and, you know, all of these other things that you're tracking in Airtable? Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was at work, we 
have like a, a little side project going on where we're we're a firm with like over 70 years of experience and we wanted to have a better way of looking back at all the projects we've completed. Um, and so the you know first step to doing that is having a robust like database of all the projects we had completed. So it was me just kind of sitting around Googling what's a good uh, simple database software because it's not just me who's going to be using it. It's going to be anyone in the firm. And so I ended up finding Airtable. It was one of the first couple, um, you know, web services that came up. And because you can start off for free, basically, I was sitting around and playing with it. And I was like, wow, this is great. So I basically immediately fell in love and I have been using it for anything and everything since. And before that, I, um, I was using Google Sheets for everything and not knocking Google Sheets at all. I still use it a lot, but my, my, my mom and my brother would make fun of me because I would have a, I would literally have a spreadsheet for anything. Like when I was searching for a car, like I had, I was so methodical, like everything, every time I looked at a car, I would write in like the date and then I would have notes and everything attached to it. And so after I had found Airtable, it occurred to me that certain things might work better in a sort of a database model than they would in your traditional sort of spreadsheet model. And so I sort of started transitioning, having a spreadsheet for everything in my life, having a database for everything in my life, which might be a little bit overboard, but it's worked for me so far. So yeah, yeah for sure. That's awesome. No. And that's so funny, right? It's it's, you know, you're like, I just need to track things somewhere, right? And you're known as the sort of person that's like, you know, yeah, look for a car, make a spreadsheet, like, you know, need to track like what I need to do, make a database. Like, uh, so I, I think that really, it, it Airtable really does kind of, you know, appeal to people like that. Like, I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm putting in all this work, like I should record it somewhere, right? So I can remember like yeah. it was in my brain at the time. Um, and Airtable is great for that too, because it's just like so fun and easy to use. Um, and mm -hmm. so how did you, so you have a, a base for your bootcamp classes, but what are you storing in there? Like your lesson plans or tell us a little bit about how that's structured. It has in it, because there are different topics um, that are taught by, I'm not the only in, um, instructor, there are other um, topics taught by other people as well. And not every topic is taught every semester. So it helps me track, um, I'm gonna be teaching Photoshop and Illustrator in uh, fall and InDesign and SketchUp in spring. So it helps me one, schedule what I need to have prepared by what day, um, and because, um, this is sort of a, a paid engagement, it helps me keep track of, um, what the cost is for each of those, um, sessions that I teach. And, um, there's like an insurance requirement that I, I'm insured not to cause damage to the facility. So it helps me, there's like a little checkbox that says, yes, I completed the form and kept keeping me organized that way. And, Sometimes uh, some of my friends are still in the program and if they need help with um, their assignments or something and they need help setting something up in SketchUp, for instance, um, I'll just add them as like a, a session in the base 
and just say, remember to show up on campus on this random day to, to help my friend. And then some of the professors might call me in and be like a guest critic for their final presentations. And so that's another little thing. I've, it started to be like I'm on campus at USC way more than I originally thought. <laughs> And if it was like only two days a semester, then obviously I wouldn't need the base anymore. But it's it's becoming more than that. So um, it just it's it helps me remember when to be there, especially since you can um, hook it up to Google Calendar and have it just appear on my phone. That's another neat little feature I like, and I've started to use that more. Right. Yeah, that is cool. You can just have that kind of iCal link subscription thing, mm-hmm. and then. Ta-da, it's there for you. So, right, it's like sort of just tracking all of your your weird sort of return to a, a place that you weren't really planning on returning to all that much. Um, but that's cool. I mean, I think it's like, I don't know. The funny thing about teaching is that it really kind of helps you. Like, not that I'm sure, you know, you use, right, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, SketchUp all the time. So it's not like you really need to refresh those skills. But it's funny how teaching really allows you to just understand the subject so much yeah. better and you just really absorb it. Um, and also the uh, your sort of cooking analogy, right, to the um, mm-hmm. classes is a great segue into the base that you're going to be demoing for us here, which is a mm-hmm. recipe and meal planner base. So, um, and why don't you go ahead and share your screen and just get set up and you can walk us through your creation. Okay. So um, this is a base I made in um, Airtable, of course. And I chose this base to demo because it, I think, best exemplified um, some of my problem-solving adventures I've had with Airtable. Um, Problem-solving, I wouldn't consider a hobby, but it more or less is my hobby. Um, I, I code in my spare time and that is nothing but problem solving. And it's just something I've become so used to. And when I say problem solving in this case, I mean, I didn't really grow up cooking a lot. So I moved out and I'm living on my own. So it's a lot of me being responsible, right? I have to cook for myself. I have to be prepared and I'm a working professional, so I don't have a bunch of time anymore. So I thought, okay, um, if I'm a little bit more organized and have a bunch of recipes that I like to cook, it'll go much simpler. What's the first step to that is collecting recipes that I like. And what better way to do that than that database? So I made a database. And then um, it was from there pretty simple. I'm sure many, many people have made um, meal planner databases with Airtable. But for me, it was the little extra step to make things easier over time. So there's actually an Integromat um, scenario that's tied to this base that helps me input recipes a little quicker. And then um, there's a couple formulas to get... um, ingredients to dis- just to display pretty, which is entirely unnecessary, but I thought it looked cool. So I did it. So I guess I can just walk around the base and see what it looks like generally. Perfect. So you'll see a couple of these are missing photos, but that's fine. They'll, I'll be adding them later. Um, pretty simple. Um, I 
added notes for each recipe. I'll just choose baked potato because it's really simple. Um, tags, of course, to help me filter. Um, this link here is um, linking to a form that is pre-filled with, you know, I want to add ingredients related to this baked potato recipe in order to get things to list properly. And then instructions. So um, I've seen one of the more popular requests for Airtables to have um, checklists or um, numbered lists as like a field type. Yeah. Um, and for things like this, it would be in, entirely relevant and super convenient. It's not yet a feature. So there's also in the Integromat um, scenario, it will format this for me. So it's, you know, pretty simple step one in, in brackets, but it keeps it consistent and helps me more easily visually differentiate what step is what step with it all being in one field. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I keep track of where I get the recipe from, so I'm not stealing from anyone. And then um, I've also tied this to the actual meal planner portion um, of this space. So if I go over to meals, um, I can plan for each day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, what am I making? And it helps me um, understand how long um, I have leftovers for. And so I'm not cooking every single day, um, saving money that way. Um, and that kind of ties into the recipe ingredients um, sheet or table, which is a, a junction table, um, which ties together recipes and meals. Nice. Uh, you could input all your recipe ingredients into just one long text field. Um, you don't necessarily need a separate table for it, but if you wanted to be like me and have like a shopping list generated for you for whatever meal is planned that week, having a separate table is basically crucial. So you can, um, and I think I could actually show that here. If I go to meals and say for tomorrow, I want, I want to make this um, chicken fried rice recipe, right? I added it to my dinner meal for tomorrow. So if I go over to ingredients um, and go into my shopping list view, which filters based on um, whether or not these ingredients are in a recipe that is used this week. Nice. This will automatically populate with the ingredients that um, I need to go pick up. And I have a separate field called in pantry. So, I mean, I know I already have salt and pepper in my apartment, for instance. So I right. can completely ignore this. So I'll, I'll hide this group here and then I can just focus on getting eggs and whatnot. Um, this is very useful um, if I have, say, even more um, recipes that I want to cook that week. And now the problem with demoing is that this is I have to find a recipe that I know will have the same ingredient. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if this is going to work exactly how I, I want it to show, but the idea here is that it will add together all of the ingredients. So if say, like for instance, I chose one that had chicken as a ingredient and the other one said chicken thighs, but you get the idea. 
Right. Yeah. So you can get that full, like, which is also a great way too, because yeah, I'm always, when I'm making shopping lists, I'm like, oh, well this, you know, I only need half a pound of beef, but like, what Mm -hmm. else could I make? Right. That has use the other half for. So this is kind of a great, like you can get that running total or just, you know, see the synergy between your shopping, shopping smarter, not more frequently. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then there's like pretty simple. Um, I tried organizing them, um, the different ingredients by what aisle they'll probably be in. And, um, so far it's been working pretty well for me. Uh, just uh, when I'm shopping around, I just click the check mark and it goes away. For mobile viewing, it's not as intuitive because there's only certain views that are available if you're on the mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't really view by um, grouped items. So that's on my wish list. Um, but other than that, so far, so good. It does let you sort by um, whether or not this checkbox is checked. So you know, that's my other way around, um, of doing this while I'm at the grocery store. Right. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. Very cool. So tell us a little bit more for our listeners who may not be, um, quite as familiar with Integromat. Um, it's, you know, an API automation builder, pretty similar to Zapier, but maybe you could walk us through sort of the process that you have, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, adding a new recipe, right. Is when that, um, sort of automation takes place. So, okay. So this is in one of my pro uh, bases. So I get to use blocks. So I actually have the form embedded um, on the side. So if, yeah. if I'm in the base, I can just add a recipe from here. So this is um, linking together my Airtable account with my Cognito Forms account. And I chose Cognito Forms because you can have um, these sort of field sections, which let you quickly add multiples of many fields. So if I have a recipe with many ingredients, I can add more than one ingredient. Now there's a bunch of fields associated with that because I might have maybe one ounce of parsley, right? All, all three of those are important things to note. But then I also have what I call qualifiers. So if I wanted to note that like you wouldn't peel parsley, but you you know, chopped is on here. So make sure you chop the parsley. So that's another thing that I wanted um, to keep track of. Again, this could all be one field. However, it would be more difficult for my shopping list um, table to work that way. So keeping the, the important part is to have quantity as a, standalone number field and that allows basically the rest of this to to work so cognitive forms i highly recommend i it's free Um, i'm sure there's a pro account where you can pay for more features or for more data but for my purposes it works pretty well Um, same thing with integromat you can do um i forget the number of actions it will perform in a month without additional charge but um, because it's just for my personal use, I don't need it to run every single second of the day. It's just whenever I know I've added a recipe, I'll go in and say run now. Mm-hmm. And so I have it as a tab and I'll, I'll walk through my integromat scenario in a second. So this form is 
pretty simple, you know, the basic um, individual portions of these recipes coincide with all of these fields here. Um, recipe steps, um, making it one of these repeatable form field sections, like I can add step one, step two, step three, that is what allows Integromat to format these like this. So step one, pulling from this field, it's always preceded by that. And then this is a, um, an increment, incremented field. I think it's what it's called in Integromat where it'll just say, I know this is the second box, so I'll put a two here. I know this is a third box, so I'll put a three here. Nice. So if I go over to this tab, this is my Integromat scenario. Um, and this is what the user interface for Integromat looks like. It might be confusing, I think, for someone who hasn't used it before. And it does look pretty different from um, Zapier. Yeah, it uh, but a they, little bit. Yeah. It, they, they do more or less the same thing. I just happen to prefer Integromat. Right, yeah. So, and I think, like you said, for personal use too, right, mm -hmm. it is, you know, you do get kind of, a, you know, more free actions, right, out of Integromat. So even though I think it's not quite as user-friendly as Zapier, it's still like a great, like you said, you know, personal choice for stuff because you're not like quite so worried about having everything, you know, like having great support and having everything laid out and whatever. You can mm -hmm. just set it up and run it whenever you want. Right. So I'll, I'll walk through this and try to explain it as it goes along because it does use um, Integromat's iterators, which took me quite a while to understand. They're a little bit tricky. So what this is doing is um, if I say, if I click this button, run once, it will look for any recent um, form submissions from that recipe form. Then what it will do is for each of, um, basically for each one of these, these recipe steps, it will iterate, which means it will loop through each of them and kind of record them. Now this tools um, module will start to put one after another and kind of combine them all together because they are all separate fields, but what they're going into and the final product is one field. So it's going to be looping through each one of those recipe steps, composing a string by preceding it with bracket, step, whatever the number is, end bracket, and then the actual um, recipe step. And then it will add all of those groups, step one, whatever the text is, step two, whatever the text is, put that all into one long text. So that's what this is. And you can see this gray sort of background. That is Integromat's way of saying, um, basically stop iterating here and then continue on doing things just once as opposed to 10 times. So once everything, all my recipe steps are added and put together, it will begin to create a the recipe field in, um, in Airtable, which will go in the recipes table. So it will add all of the basic form fields like recipe name, recipe notes, calories per serving, all of these things that just have one entry to them it will be added and it will add this 
aggregated recipe step box as well. Now there's another iterator over here because I have the recipe ingredients portion of my base. So then what it will do, it will loop through each of these and create its own separate um, Airtable record in the recipe ingredients base. So a little bit complicated because it's creating anywhere from like 10 to 15 Airtable records each time I click this run once button because I might have, you know, nine to 14 ingredients and then the one recipe they're all linked to. Right. So I'll just open up this last one to kind of show if it will load. Hopefully it'll load. But yeah, Integromat, I think it really does do iterations and looping a little bit better than Zapier. So it's great mm -hmm. to kind of see it laid out visually like this. Yeah. Especially it when, right, it's so easy to understand the, the concept, right, of, you know, hey, there's a recipe with multiple ingredients, but who knows how many, like, go through all mm -hmm. of them. It's such a great sort of concrete example to show that, too. Right. That, that's why I picked this base, because I think it shows... Airtable is great and you can do a lot with it, but there's nothing wrong with using some of these um, partners that they have to add to it and to make it a little bit, um, it work better for you. So the beauty of Integromat and Zapier is that you have, you only have to figure this out once and then it'll just do things for you. So that's going back to what I said about problem solving. That's you know, what I consider fun about building databases. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Like, how can I do a little bit more work now so I can be lazier later? Yeah. Um, that's I'm, what I think of it, yeah. That's, that's my skill in life. <laughs> For sure. So just going through this last um, step in Integromat where it's building, you'll see it's adding a new record to the recipe ingredients um, table. It's taking the ID for the recipe once associated with it from this. This is where it creates the recipe Airtable record. So it's saying for each of these new recipe ingredients that are being iterated from this module, associate them with that recipe from step 24. That's another thing that's nice that about this user interface. You'll see I have two things called tools and I have two iterators and I also have two air tables, but they each have a number associated with them. So 19, 25, 17, it helps me very quickly um, understand which one I'm actually supposed to click on and they're color coded, which is nice. I love it. Yeah, I think that's, that's about it for this. This resume thing at the end is just for error handling. Um, it just so it doesn't stop the process. It just continues on just in case if I spelled something wrong, for instance, and, you know, um, Integromat gets confused as to what it's supposed to add. It'll basically just tell it to figure it out, essentially, and instead of um, throwing up its hands and saying, well, can't do it. Right. So, Sorry. Like nothing beyond here. Right. Yeah. Just that's continue. that was the first problem I think I ran into was um, because I'm using checkboxes um, in the form, right? These, each of these options that I created in Cognito forms have to be, you know, letter for letter, um, that would be over here. They would have to be spelled exactly the same as 
what these are. Um, so that was the first thing I had to figure out uh, was why, why am I getting all these errors? It's because like, I think I put, I like dropped the D in cubed. So it just said cube and it was, Integromat didn't know what to do. So right. It's like, what is adding the, yeah. adding the resume thing at the end will just let all the other recipes that don't have this problem get made. And then it'll, it'll save the one that had the error for you. So you can go back and fix it. So you don't, so it's not lost in cyberspace. For sure. And mm-hmm. I think really also the thing that is amazing about the space is you put in a recipe, you save it here, and then you can see the steps without having to click back into the recipe link and scroll down through all of that like stupid, here's my life story, this is my grandmother's favorite recipe, like let me tell you about this one time that I went strawberry picking like junk, right? Just to get to the things you need to make the recipe that drives me insane. I love how you just like, you know, you're like, I'll do, you know, you fill out the form, spend a little bit of time on that, but then you Mm -hmm. don't have to like, Look at that link ever again if you don't want to. <laughs> right. And then there's there's so many different websites and that have great recipes. And I, I don't want a, a bookmarks folder that's just covered in recipe uh, bookmarks. And then, you know, like physical books that my my dad has and he had that has had for like ages. They're not gonna be on the on a website probably. So getting those in. I actually have my grandmother's recipe for macaroni in here. Um, and obviously that's not going to be on the internet. So there you go. It's very cool. Yeah. Instead of having like these professionally shot images for all of these, like this is macaroni that I made. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Real macaroni, right? But you can see, you know, the source is my grandmother. So I love it. Helping me preserve that recipe because we have, um, that's the next thing I need to do. She had a pancake recipe and we wrote it down on one sheet of paper somewhere in this house and it's like torn and faded. It has maybe two weeks left before it evaporates into space. So I need to find that and put that in the base. So Right. And then you can be like, hey, family, don't make fun of me anymore. Look at how useful this is. Right. Right. I've saved our grandma's pancake recipe. Exactly. It's, you know, they'll be sorry. They'll they'll be coming and running next time they want pancakes. Right. They'll be asking you. And yeah, no, this is great. I love how just sort of thoughtful, thoughtfully laid out it is. And also it's not just, you know, like, a space for you to put recipes, but you can plan in it and do a shopping list. It really has, you know, everything you need to, to adult in the kitchen in one place. Mm -hmm. Um, very cool. So thank you so much for this demo. That was Mm -hmm. great. Um, and now I'm like inspired. I feel like I want to create one. Um, cause I'm always like, gosh, what do we have in the fridge? Like I'm hungry. What can I cook Mm -hmm. today? Um, but yeah, amazing. I think I might release this to, um, the Airtable universe because um, so a lot of my other bases I'm like constantly improving but this one I think I've I've solved all the problems that I can solve like for instance this is you know taking like 0.5 which I have to keep that way in order for Airtable to be able to add these together 
but like this is easier for my brain to read while I'm cooking. Right. So there's the, there's this random separate formula field that is there only so things can look pretty. And it's it's these little things where, you know, I'll just like release this. So not everyone has to know if I look at this, um, the actual formula for this, this looks insane and no one should ever have to write this again. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You're like, I will do the conversions once for everyone. Uh, right. But it's so true where you're like, okay, I need this field like for the computer. And then I need this field for right. myself as a human. And you're yeah. like, okay, well, I'll build the little Rosetta Stone formula, right? That translates everything in between them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it really does matter for sort of, you know, just aesthetics and usability. Um, yeah. yeah, this is great. I love it. Thank you so much for chatting with us. It was great to not only see your wonderful problem-solving recipe base, but also chat about urban planning and Photoshop boot camps and everything else you have going on. Um, And uh, for our listeners, if you do end up publishing on Airtable Universe, we will include a link to this in the show notes so they can check it out. Great. So thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Camille.